Hey everyone, I'm Liz Hunt. And I'm Chelsea Poppins. And this is the Agency Rocket Show, where we discuss the chaos of owning and running a creative agency. What are, we, what are we talking about today, Chelsea? We are talking about branding and what is branding? Just because a lot of people I talk to about our line of business don't always understand what branding is and all that it encompasses. And there's a lot of confusion on the vastness of what branding is. So I thought it would be very useful for us to kind of dive into it and explain in layman's terms just a little bit more about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. Is branding your logo? I feel like this is a trick question because I'm not a designer. But <laughs> <laughs> but you've been working at our agency for years. You should I, know the answer. It, it includes the logo. Logo is a small piece of the branding and all that it involves. Okay. Look at you. You know the answer. Good job. I know, but you know when you know it, but you're like, I feel like she's setting me up. Yeah. She's setting me up. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's totally right. You're absolutely right. Essentially, when we talk about branding, branding is kind of this overarching umbrella. And there are so many things inside of that. Honestly, branding is so many different things that we could make this podcast 14 hours long. But per Chelsea's recommendation, we don't do that. So (laughs) we're going to keep it snappy here. But when we talk about branding, it's all these tiny little pieces that actually are building blocks into making what we would consider calling your brand. And like we said, like Chelsea said, a logo is a piece of that, but it's not actually your brand. So what about things like social media, your marketing, that kind of stuff? Are those things your brand? I mean, branding, if you think about brand identity, it's almost just like your personal identity. When you create your own personal brand and you're like, who do I want to be known as? And how do I want that to be perceived by the people that I actually want to work with? Like I know one of my friends is a photographer and she works with a, a professional on tuning up her business so that it's geared towards the right bridezillas <laughs> that <laughs> she wants. Like, So she's trying to steer her audience and her content away from the people who kind of give her a headache. Mm-hmm. And she does that by kind of just like the wording, retuning what kind of language that she's using, what she specializes in, in that photography line of things. And she does that because she wants to work with this specific genre of people. And so she has to change how she's perceived, what she looks like to those people that are coming to her website, to her social media, so that she's getting the people that she wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. I love that analogy. And it makes me think of another analogy for when I think about branding, not just personal branding, like what you're talking about, but just branding in general. Now, I would liken it to an individual, like a person, and how 
you know, as a person, my name is Liz Hunt and I have brown hair, brown eyes. I'm five, six, I'm 37 and I live in this location and I dress a certain way. I have a family and I have this type of personality. I'm more introverted, even though people are always surprised by that. Maybe I would say maybe I'm an ambivert. I'm creative and I do this and I do that. And some people know me more like this and other people see me more like this. And I like music and I'm a designer and I have all these characteristics. There's the external physical way that I look. There's my name. There's my personality. There's the cars that I drive and the house that I live in. And there's the values that I believe in and the principles that I follow. And I have all these different characteristics and pieces and parts to me that make up Liz Hunt, right? Mm -hmm. And if you think about that, each individual human being on our planet is that way. We all have our own self. We're all individuals. And so when I think about describing what a brand is, I would say that it's very similar to thinking about each individual person. A brand has a name. A brand has characteristics. A brand has a personality. A brand has a physical representation of itself. It also has principles. It also has values that it follows. It also has language that it prefers to use. Just like how I speak English and probably talk like a normal geriatric millennial, <laughs> a brand has specific types of terms and language that it would use. And you can kind of go down the line and see the parallels in how a brand is represented in the same way that humans are represented, right? And so that's how I would characterize a brand is just like how we characterize human beings. Yeah, that's all great. All part of the grand scheme of branding, whether it's personal or business. Yeah. From our perspective at Daycloud, how we approach businesses when they come to our office to meet with us and kick off a branding project with us is we've talked about our discovery questions and digging into the right kind of audience. And that helps us create the stylescapes that have a specific vibe. We include some feeler words that help you kind of understand what is we're trying to portray through that visual. So like everything from copywriting to your social media, to your website, to your Mark, print materials, any other, yeah. yep, any, yeah. any other type of marketing materials mm -hmm. is how you're going to be perceived. And you need to make sure that it matches your brand voice and your mm -hmm. brand look and feel and all of that so that you guys are actually marketing to the correct audience. That mm -hmm. is actually where your money is going to come from, your revenue, yeah, a fully functional business. And yeah. And so a lot of People, even some of my friends, they don't understand what branding all entails mm -hmm. and that it's far reaching into yeah. the copywriting that you place on your website and making yeah. sure it matches your tone and voice 
to color scheme and the psychology behind colors and like purple being royal or what colors are comforting versus what colors are strong and approachable and aggressive. There's just so much behind branding from a psychological perspective when we create these strategies and campaigns for our clients to be successful in the future. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. That's such a good point. I love what you're saying. And it feels like, you know, when someone comes to hire us to help them really define their brand, following along in this human analogy that we've started, I would say they would hire us and we would come to them and say, okay, you've shared with us in our discovery time that you want to be represented as a brand that is casual and fun, easygoing, and you're creative and whatever else. And so our job is going to be totally different if a law firm comes to to us and they they don't want to be fun. And (laughs) yeah, yeah. They want to have professionalism and, and education and informed, more more polished look to them. Look and feel a totally different voice, right. And representation of who they are. If we go with kind of that first iteration of style and persona, I would say our job as the branding consultants and branding experts is we would help them learn and define as a brand, how do you speak? If you are meant to speak as a casual, easygoing, fun, festive, excited brand. One of my favorite questions that helps pull that out is if you were to pick a celebrity, uh, what celebrity would you have represent your brand? Mm -hmm. And it's fun to hear everybody's opinions of who they would want. And usually it takes a bit for them, but they have to think about the people who are like, yeah, they match how we feel about these specific areas or they live their life a specific way that matches our values and our morals. And, and that helps also figure out that tone of voice, figure yeah. out that representation and how even that spokesperson comes off to other people. That's how you want your business to come off. Yes. Yes. And I love that. Yeah. And that, that is always a very eye-opening question that they answer. We always make them explain why they choose someone and it helps so much for us to understand how they want to be represented and viewed in the community and in the digital space or wherever it is that we are offering our marketing services. So the other thing we do is we talk about like, okay, how do you want to be represented visually? And so if it's easy and casual and fun and lively and creative, it's our job to help consult on what that specifically looks like for their target audience. And that is all part of branding. That's all part of helping them define who they are as a brand, as an organization. And so that's all part of that branding element for their company. Mm -hmm. I would say our discovery is set up really well that even if the client doesn't know exactly what they want, we pull it out of them. I think we've yeah. you said before, we, we find the nuggets in what yeah. they say and their feedback. Mm-hmm. And then we find those little nuggets and we put them all together for a vision that fits mm-hmm. that overall branding that we think is best for them and their audience. Yeah. And the questions that we have really just helps them figure out a well-rounded thought 
around the mm-hmm. business if they haven't had a chance to define what that looks like to them. Yeah. And I mean, I personally love it. That's the funnest part of the branding discovery. Yeah. It's so fun. I agree. I totally agree. I do think that one of the things that we as as designers and creatives can find it really difficult to do is to transpose our own agenda or our own styles upon the client's desires and visuals and like their own preferences. And so that's something that we work really hard at doing from the get-go. We work really hard at not curating based on what we think the client will want or what we think the client should do before we have asked questions, before we have that discovery process. After we've had the discovery and we've asked those questions, yes, I give my opinion and yes, I state, of course, I'm the expert and, you know, like, <laughs> this is That's what I think you, <laughs> yeah, like, this is what I think you should do based on what we've learned about your company and your audience and what our goals are. But I really try to make sure that prior to discovery, we do not infuse our own ideas, our own curations and our own stylistic preferences into the discovery process because we really, really, really try to make it as blank of a slate as possible for the clients to offer what it is that they want and what it is that they're after and tell us their goals. And we try to make sure that we are aligning with their goals first, and then we go after the vision together. I think that's super important. Yeah, it's very easy to come in with biased perspective around it, especially if you're thinking, well, a lot of dentist office look like this and you already have this idea in your head of what it's going to be without ever Mm -hmm. listening to the client. And that's how a lot of clients end up with something they hate, something that doesn't match what their personality is and what they wanted. And then they end up paying thousands of dollars for something that they never wanted in the first place. Yeah. Or looks like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to look like everybody else. You want to be your own unique business. And when Mm -hmm. people are searching for you or when they interact with you, they want to remember you. That's how you're going to get people coming back. And that's how you're going to get business in the future is standing out. Yeah. It's something that I've had to teach and train almost all of the designers that we have hired and that have come through our doors is Mm -hmm. clean slate. Don't walk into these discovery meetings with a plan or idea already in mind of what you're going to create, you first have to let them tell you what they want. And then you can create out of that. You've done a great job of mentoring every designer that has kind (laughs) of stepped in and teaching the processes. And that includes the discovery meeting and Mm -hmm. what the expectations are. But you also allow that creative fluidity of their mind to kind of just let it wander and come up with the spicy version, the mild version, the medium version. Yeah. And help them curate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fun. I love it. What other pieces are part of the branding that maybe people forget or don't know about? Well, I mean, if we go back to the logo that you brought up, some of the people that I have worked with in the past don't know the difference between logo and logo mark. 
Mm. and when Mm -hmm. those things should be used. Sometimes they think they can change up the logo pieces, even when they have a logo. What are your thoughts on changing up a logo, whether it's horizontal or vertical and changing the direction of things? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. So anytime we build out logos for a brand, we always try to create something that is as versatile as possible for the client. And so a lot of times we will build out one single primary logo. And typically that is your logo type with your logo mark all together in some sort of lockup, right? In designer Um, speak, can you explain (laughs) what a logo mark is? Or maybe not designer speak, mundane, normal, layman, uh, muggle terms, (laughs) logo mark versus (laughs) logo type. Yes. Okay. So your logo type is just your font, right? It's the font of your logo. (laughs) It's the letters that your logo is set in. A lot of times we as designers or creatives will start with a font choice and then adjust it, change it up, do something interesting with it. Or uh, a lot of times too, there's been kind of a trend over the last decade or so of handwriting your own and creating your own font for a logo or something like that, which I think is so beautiful. And I love it so much. So that's your logo type. It is the font that your logo is set in. Okay. That's your logo type. So then we have that piece. And then the logo mark is the little picture that goes with the font. So that can be an icon, it can be a graphic. It's not typically a photo, almost never is, but it's some sort of graphical piece that is set with your logo type, okay? And almost always those two pieces together create your primary logo. Think right? of Nike, Nike swoosh. As your logo mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nike swoosh is a little bit different because the swoosh is now their entire primary logo. They don't need the type. Mm-hmm. They the have type that recognition. Yep. Yes. They have so much brand recognition now. They don't need the type to go with it. But it Everybody... did start with the type, the logo type with the yes. logo mark. Yes. Yes, exactly. But now they have so much brand recognition and brand awareness and equity and all that good stuff that all they need is their logo mark. And that's the so, goal for any business. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Nike, Apple, yes. Okay, so then going back to our original question, anytime that we are building logo files or a logo for anyone, we try to create as many logo formats for a client as possible. And so we will give you the primary logo, which again, is the logo type and the logo mark set together almost always. But then we'll also give you the logo type by itself. So you can use that in case you need something on a smaller scale. Or we'll give you the logo mark so that you can use that as a graphical element in some of your marketing efforts. A lot of times 
we'll use that as your Instagram profile image or your Facebook profile image, something like that. So that's the logo mark that will give you. And then there's other times where, like Chelsea, you said this earlier, where we'll give you your logo as a horizontal logo. So maybe the logo mark and then the type will be laid out long horizontally next to each other. Or another possibility would be if the primary logo is not set up this way, where we'll give you something that's like the logo mark and then the type is all vertical. So you have several variable ways of using your logo <laughs> in all different formats so that if you need it on a pen, it's really easy to grab that horizontal logo and drop it on a pen. Or if you need it on a social media profile, you can grab that logo mark and just drop it in there. Or if you need it on this piece or if you need it on that piece, you just have all the versatility of the different formats of different logo files. Would you say that businesses who don't have all those different formats are limiting themselves? For instance, if someone builds a website, some people prefer either the logo mark as the favicon or logo horizontally on the side of it. If they don't have those, does that kind of set them up in a limited fashion for using across all different platforms, whether that's printed materials versus digital and web materials? In the most basic, practical application of using your logo, yes, you are limited. So it's very nice. That's why we provide all those different logo formats. I don't know that I would say that you are limiting your business, but... But your marketing efforts, like usages. I personally love, if from a builder standpoint, of having multiple logo types and horizontal logo mark. But I know businesses that don't have all those things and they're like, we have something off of Canva. (laughs) Sure. And this is all we have. But I mean, that's the difference between creating it on your own and using an agency like ours to have all those different formats and expanding your brand and your capabilities. Yeah. It's way more convenient for you if you have all the different formats and various files that you might need, for sure. One of the things Uh, that we talk about in branding and it being kind of this overarching umbrella of your business is branding is not just your messaging and it's not just how you sound and it's not just how you look. A lot of times we talk about it's all five senses and this is a super nerdy brand person's idea of branding. But when it's done well, it's very, very powerful for an organization. And a really good example of this is when we talk about going into a Starbucks. And so when we talk about branding, we actually want to talk about hitting all five of your senses, taste, touch, smell, hearing, and It's an experience. It is an experience for all five of your senses. And so think about when you walk into a Starbucks, obviously you're tasting their coffee, right? (laughs) So that is part of their brand experience. People love their coffee. 
it's consistent. That's part of good branding is having a consistent product and consistent service. One of the best things you can do for your brand is just being consistent, but consistently positive, right? Like it obviously you can't, if you're consistently Don't be consistently negative, bad. Yeah. Like you have to be consistently good, right? So people have to like you. So one, people know what they're going to get when they go to every single Starbucks they go to. If you go to one Starbucks and get a caramel macchiato, sorry, obviously I don't go there very often, but if you order a caramel macchiato at one Starbucks and then go to a different Starbucks and order the exact same drink, you're going to get the exact same drink. It's not going to taste different. They all taste the same. So consistency of the brand is very, very key. Honestly, so, I think consistency is probably the most underrated thing. In a brand. Uh, yes. In, in a brand, but in people too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I know from my basketball side of basketball business, the parents yeah. appreciate that I am consistent. I'm not going to flake. I'm not going to cancel yeah. on a lesson last minute. If I say <laughs> I'm going to be there, I'm going to consistently be there unless we get like 12 inches of snow and I can't get my Camry out of the garage. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like people, I mean, Don't people appreciate consistency, whether that's in you and your business or just you as a person, there's enough people who, who are inconsistent out there. And there's enough businesses that don't do what they promise. Yeah. And if you're consistently there, you're consistently answering your emails and you're responsive and you're doing the things that you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. That is what makes a great brand like Starbucks. Yes, you're absolutely right. Okay. So that's taste, consistent taste. You know what you're going to get. Sight. Now think about what you see when you walk in the door. Everything that you see about a Starbucks, as soon as you walk in the door, the brand is being reinforced. They have a very specific wood that they choose for every part of it. The entire interior of a Starbucks is curated to feel like a Starbucks. It's all the branded dark wood and dark greens and they have their products laid out in a nice fashion and they have their packaging set up and it feels like their brand and the tables and the chairs match the brand and even what the employees are wearing the dark green aprons those match the brand. It's so specifically curated to their brand. You don't even notice it, but you feel it when you walk in the door. You feel like you're in mm-hmm. a Starbucks, right? So you that's probably what you close see. your eyes and you see and feel it already. Yes. But again, you close your eyes. What do you hear when you walk into a Starbucks? Low key coffee music. <laughs> yes. And you hear the grinders, you hear soft coffee chatter. The I coffee see the freelancers chatter. or yes. the unemployed people who I used to be sitting yes. there on their computers pretending <laughs> that they have a job. Yes, <laughs> once exactly. upon a time. Yes. And you have to believe that that's also curated. They know what the crap they're doing. They know how to brand it. Students who are working yes. on their schoolwork mm-hmm. coming in just to mm-hmm. wind down and be yes. out in the, in the public oh, while yeah. doing things. Oh, yeah. And people who are sitting there 
doing their work. They like the commotion. They like the chatter. They like the extra background noise. What else? Smell, obviously. Coffee. <laughs> People smell the coffee. It draws them in. What's the last one? What am I missing? Sight, smell, hear, taste, see, uh, feel. Oh, touch. Yes. Yeah. Feel. Right. So, you know, they're feeling the coffee mugs, they're feeling the wood from the tables and all the pieces that are a part of the brand that they're feeling all the elements of that. It's all part of the brand that mm -hmm. Starbucks has very carefully curated. And then yeah. you think about what they've done and you think about like an Apple store, they are so well known for their brand. They've done the exact same thing. You walk into an Apple store and it, they all feel the exact same. They're bright. They're white. They're very well lit. They have the really natural wood. The, the new yeah. tech. Like, yes. The, yes. It's high tech, like clean. high fashion. They have high tech and natural wood tables and there's no front counter barriers. It's just a person walking up to you in their cool chic geek personality and they chic say things geek. like yes but they say things like you're gucci man it's how they talk to you i'm not kidding how, how many apple stores have you been in i don't think anyone has ever come up to me and say hey, you're gucci man 100 percent, 100 percent. this actually happened to andrew this is what the guy said to him that is how they operate that is andrew their brand. is pretty gucci well but like he was just saying like I've got you in my queue or whatever. That's how they operate. That is the brand that they have so deeply curated and it's hitting all of your senses and it's created. What it does is it creates a feeling inside mm -hmm. of people. That's mm -hmm. what branding is. It's an experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The one example that pops to mind is the dentist's office that we worked with and oh. Mm -hmm. how they wanted I mean you can imagine walking into a dentist's office and smelling all the chemicals and everything <laughs> and nobody enjoys going to the dentist everyone yeah. kind of dreads it it's just something that's ne a necessity a part of the year with your kids and your family and everything mm -hmm. and one of the things we suggested to them is have a specific scent in all of their locations mm -hmm. so that yes. when people go in, they're not just smelling all the chemicals, they're having more of a spa yes. smell to, to tamper out all that chemical thing. So when they mm -hmm. go in, it's a little bit more of a relaxing thing yes. from a psychological standpoint. Yes. And then from that point, they don't dread it as much. They're kind of like, this is fine. This isn't mm -hmm. what a dentist's office smells like. This is different. Yeah. This is unique. Yes. That's what I mean. Hitting those senses, your smell and what you see and, and how your front desk person makes you feel, all those things are creating feelings about your brand. And the way that you create a brand is by creating a positive experience for people from the moment that they interact with your brand online on your website, on your social media, to the moment they walk in your doors and smell the way that your dental office smells and meet your front desk person and meet you, who's the dentist or whoever it is, meet your cool, trendy, geek, chic little boy that says things like, you're Gucci, man. Whatever it is, all of those things are the building blocks 
of what actually creates your brand because your brand Mm -hmm. is actually how I feel. That's the brand. How I feel about you and your company is actually the brand. That's a great point Mm -hmm. that it's not just physical. It's everything from digital Mm -hmm. to after interacting with you, after Mm -hmm. being at the dentist office, what what the invoices look like, that whole process and everything. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we are at time. I have to be the bearer of bad news, but (laughs) we got to wrap it up. Well, it's my favorite for, subject. You can tell. <laughs> I'll talk about this, this all is, day. This is Liz's jam. Branding yeah. is it. So anytime we get to all talk in. about branding. I'm there. Liz is there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you like this podcast, like, share, follow. The show notes are in the description of whatever platform that you're listening on. And as always, you can reach us at show at agency-rocket.com. Have a great rest of your day. Woo! Bye! 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 Bye!